0: Welcome to Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League, presented by Change Up. I'm Owen Shadrick. It is finally time for postseason baseball in the Futures League. After 64 regular season games, we have our field of playoff teams. And here they are. The number one seed, clinched a long time ago, is the Vermont Lake Monsters, coached by manager Pete Wilk, led by Jimmy Evans, George Goldstein, Sean Mattson, and company. They are in they are in the one slot, and again, they've been there for a while. In at number two is the New Britain Bees, led by Joel Lara, Matt Gedman, and company. They have had an unbelievable season to climb themselves out of the basement and then into the two-hole. Another team that did that is the Nashua Silver Knights, who are in third place, led by Kyle Jackson, Kyle Wolf, who is our guest on this podcast, we'll get to that a little later, and others. And the fourth team in the playoffs, the Westfield Starfires, who finally get into the playoffs after... A heart-throbbing couple of days where they had chances to clinch over and over again, but they get the job done, but it was not easy. Jeff Nickel of New Britain Bees broke a 3-3 tie in the top half of the ninth, making it 6-3 New Britain. But Jackson Hornung's three-run double and the Westfield Starfires add to that after that, complete the comeback, 7-6 win. Bolin's magic. It happened in the most Bolin's magic way ever it was it is great to see Westfield in the playoffs for the first time in their history so we have two new teams making the playoffs in the futures league for the first time the new britain bees and westfield starfires and we have two teams that are veterans of the playoffs the Nashua silver knights our championship leader all time and the vermont lake monsters the defending champs the starfires head to vermont tonight on release day for game one in burlington and nashua will head to new britain for game one in new britain The playoffs are set Monday through Wednesday, Thursday through Saturday. And if there is a game three of the championship series, it will be played on Saturday, August 13th, rounding out the 2022 Futures League summer. In terms of this podcast, we have an episode that today that you are going to hear with Kyle Wolf. We'll get to that in a minute. Beyond that, we're going to have a championship special next week and then wrap for the summer. But we have a lot of great content. Coming out this summer so much fun stuff that we've recorded during the all-star game that we will have recorded during the playoffs it is going to be a great last week of futures league baseball we can't wait for you all to tune in as i mentioned kyle wolf is our guest on this podcast of the nashua silver knights he talks about his first season in nashua and getting a taste of that first college competition before he heads to bc in the fall This is a great episode thank you everybody for tuning in as always have some fun this week with the futures league playoffs and we'll see you next week for our championship special for now though here is kyle wolf we are honored to be joined by our next guest here on back to the futures he is a member of the nashua silver night tour officially headed to the playoffs it's kyle wolf kyle how you doing today
1: i'm doing well thank you for having me on
0: yeah, of course. And I just mentioned it last night, the Nashville Silver Knights have clinched, officially clinched the third seed in the Futures League playoffs. First of all, what is it like knowing that you are one of the four teams that are, will be competing for a championship at the end of the day?
1: It's great. I mean, we've worked all summer for this. Um, we put a lot of hard work, a lot of effort into it. And I think we're all uh, really excited for what the playoffs could hold for us.
0: And you talk about hard work. It's the summer grind, 64 games in the regular season. That's a lot of games and it's coming to an end very soon. It's culminating all all your hard work is culminating in the playoffs. How do you guys stick together and keep the mentality for that one goal of raising a championship in Nashville?
1: Yeah, I mean, for I know most of the guys on the team have been there for the majority of the summer. And so we've really, really bonded. Um, If it's like on long bus trips, Overnight trips to Vermont, um, we've really, really bonded. And so we also have veteran guys on the team, George Welsh, LT Pear, Noah Wachter, um, who have all done this before. Shea Ryan, who was part of the 2020 uh, team, they've all done this before. And so they've all been great leaders and have stepped up in their veteran roles. Zach, I mean, Zach Gishai, the list goes on and on. Um, And so they've all helped. They know how to win. And so they all help the younger guys like myself and some of the other guys on the team who haven't had playoff experience or even college experience, like know what it is like to win. And so they've been really helping us and pushing us through this little stretch.
0: Yeah, that veteran leadership is is super important for sure. And to go back a little bit to the start of your season, it wasn't the best start for you guys. I had the Walker brothers on episode four of this podcast, and they were very disappointed with how the team started. But you guys have risen from the ashes, and now you know you're in this playoff spot. So, what has it been like to kind of go through that stretch with these guys, and and to see where you are now?
1: No, yeah, it's definitely been a grind. I mean, like I said, the majority of guys have been here since day one. Yet we've also added a bunch of guys in, um, and some guys came late because of playoffs or college. If it was like some like the Wake Forest kids were in the Super Regional. Same with one of our Maryland kids. Um, this we had. Nolan Lincoln, who's pitched phenomenal for us, came a little late. Same with George Welch. And so I think we have just, like, then again, like, whoever – it's, like, next man up. Everyone does their job. We had a couple early season meetings just, like, as a good team. Just be like, hey, like, we got a good, great group of guys here. It's just, really, we're so close. We just need that one extra hit, the one extra, like, out to get. Um, but we've done a great job bouncing back. And now it's all gas on the pedal from here.
0: Yeah, pedal to the metal. It's time to, uh, time to put in the real work here at the championship and the playoffs are right around the corner. And you guys already actually know who your first-round opponent is. You'll be facing the two-seeded New Britain Bees. What are you looking forward to most about that matchup?
1: I mean, New Britain's a great team. I mean, you start off in the leadoff spot with Joel Lara, and he's going to wreak havoc on the base pats. Um, But I think the backbone to... Our success has been our pitching and especially like our starting pitching, our bullpen. I know when we went on our little run um, mid-July, we went like I think 14 to 1 at one point. And it was so hope, was our pitching was the main main thing. So hopefully our starting pitching, we're getting some other guys back who are Liam Doyle's coming back. Um he's gonna be another starter for us again, who pitched phenomenal when he was here. Um and it's Going to just like, they're a great team, but we know we can compete with them Not on any given day, just a baseball game and little stuff can fall away. So we're just in a battle.
0: Yeah, it's going to certainly be a battle and a great matchup to watch right out of the gate. And to your season now, we had our yearly awards announced this week, and you are a finalist for the MVP award. What does that mean to you, especially kind of being this being your first summer facing college, uh, college talent?
1: No, it's definitely an honor. I mean, the other, five, like, four guys on the list have, they're all great guys. They're great baseball players, but I think what stands out is that they're even better guys. I know that's a little bit cliche, but, like, I've got to know, know one of them, each and one of them if it's at the All-Star game, talking to them at first base, and they're all so deserving. And then there's also, like, another, like, I can think of 10, 15, 20 guys who just deserve that award just as much as me or the other guys on the list. So it truly is an honor to be named one of the five finalists. Um, and it's just like, you don't play baseball for the accolades and the accomplishments, you play just to like have fun. And so that's ultimately what I try to do this summer. And it's, I've gotten lucky sometimes and to just ball drops in some places, but it's been an overall really fun summer. And it's an honor to be named one of the finalists.
0: Yeah. You talk about lucky bounces. You've had a few too many lucky bounces. It seems just, Obviously, I'm kidding, but you're hitting 322 with 13 doubles, which is second in the league, six home runs, which is third in the league, and you've got 28 RBIs. Those are some pretty good stats for this luck that you mentioned.
1: Yeah, I've just tried to go up there, stick to my approach, and basically getting on base every at-bat, and then like it's getting on base, hitting the ball hard into into the gaps. And if the ball goes out of the ballpark, it goes out of the ballpark, my my swing isn't really meant for that but it just if it does it happens um but i just try to help the team any way i can and unfortunately unfortunately this summer i've been able to so which has been pretty cool
0: yeah and your great season culminated also when you were named to the futures league all-star game you were picked by team goldstein you went one for four on the winning team what was it like to play in that all-star game where we kind of had that new format with team Goldstein and team Lara and a bunch of guys were on a bunch of different teams.
1: That's been, that was amazing. Honestly, that was probably one of the highlights of my summer. Um, you talk to like playing first base, you get to know a lot of the guys. And then also after, after each game, you'll interact with players. If it's grabbing food or just catching up. And so at the all-star game, it was really, really cool. I was, you were there for, I was there for 12 plus hours. And so it, forced me to interact with kids on like Vermont. Like we had like 14 like Vermont guys It felt like we had a bunch of Westfield guys. um, And some of those guys I grew really close to. Um, And we all had that common bond of baseball to like bond us over. But it was great to get to know guys who are going to other ACC schools, who I'll play like next year, who I can see, who I can talk to. I still talk to a bunch of them, and then also, they're all, for the majority of them, they're all two, three, four, even five years older than me, so that's been, that was somewhat cool for them to give me some tips and some little pointers on just college baseball in general and in just college, because I obviously have never experienced what some of these guys have gone through in college, and so if it's was the All-Star Game or even on Nashua, that's been one of my biggest takeaways this summer, but the All-Star Game was a really, really fun event. Um, and I'm glad we got the win, so.
0: Yeah, it's always get, good to get the win. And I want to follow up on a point you just mentioned, you know, you, you will be an incoming freshman at BC. So this is your first time facing this college competition. And obviously you've been hitting the daylights out of the ball, but what has it been like to kind of see that elevated competition from high school? And how have you taken advantage of the opportunity?
1: Yeah, so, I was actually really lucky. So last summer I went down south with uh, Northeast Baseball and Scott Patterson, Mike Abraham, and that's some of the guys that I've played uh, with and against this summer. Jack Toomey, who had a couple of walk-offs. He was on my team. Uh, Matt Travisano um, was going a pit. And then Alexi Rosari and Sean McGee and Carson Walsh. So we all had that experience of going going down south. We like were down south two, two and a half months last summer. But we were, facing, we were facing D1 arms the whole time, like upper 80s, low 90s, mid 90s, the best kids in the country. So I think that prepared me really, really well. Um, and then also playing the ISL where you're facing every single game of D1 arm, um, a college talent who was throwing the mid to upper 80s has really helped me prepare for this summer. And then the one big adjustment that was that I did need to make at the beginning of the year was that all these college guys can throw their off-speed pitches for strikes, you know, like no matter what count, that's the biggest difference that I saw. It wasn't that the, the velocity was so much harder than I've seen or so much faster. It was that you, instead of getting like, no, it's like a 2-0 count, like in the All-Star game, for instance, I'm facing Isaiah first, uh, first inning, um, batting in the four hole and, he threw me two sliders to start it off. It's 2 out. Then you think, all right, it's all star game. He's throwing me a fastball. two o 0 changeup. And, and so like that was the um, change and difference I needed to make to my approach where you're not gonna like two o. 0 it's not cruise control anymore. You gotta like really still dial in. Um, and that's been fun. It's been fun to adjust and um, I'm gonna continue to keep adjusting, but it's been a fun time.
0: Yeah, and you talk about your experience going down south, but you also have plenty of college talent around you on the Silver Knights, whether it's your coach, Kyle Jackson, even your GM, Cam Cook, or the players on the field with you. So what have the Silver Knights organization and people within the organization kind of taught you or advised you about the college level?
1: No, yeah. I mean, it's definitely cool to have two or four, really, our four coaches and GM have all played college baseball and in the pros to some extent um coach jackson k Jackson, as we call him he played minor league baseball as a and he was a pitcher so he kind of sees the opposite of what i see and i'm actually going into bc as a two-way and so it's been interesting to take little tips from him about pitch sequencing but then vice versa like when i'm hitting he'll say like he'll be thinking as a pitcher, and he'll be like, all right, it's 2-1. He hasn't been able to, like, throw his fastball, look for this slider, or look for this changeup, whatever, pitch. And that's been really cool to me. Um, And then Cam Cook, obviously, he batted, like, 397 in this league. He's he's a stud. Um, And so it's been cool to talk to him about his approach. Um, And same with Brendan Martin, who is our hitting coach, and just going over some, like, data, some analytics. Because I love I love all that stuff. Um, Then Spencer Bergeron, who pitched at UMass, it's just a he's a great guy to be around, and he's definitely a big clubhouse guy. And so it's been fun to talk talk to him about his like D1 experience.
2: Yeah, certainly plenty of guys that you can rely on there in Nashua. Hold on, we'll get right back to Back to the Futures, but first we want to share a message from our friends at Seventy Eight Sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in New England. Not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up very quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you wanna start small with just a tee and a net or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. And I've used their stuff before. I've seen their facilities. They definitely cover everything. The team at 78 sports design and install hundreds of at home and commercial sports training facilities. So let them help you find the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 sports website at 78 sports.com. That's S E V E N T Y. The number eight sports.com for a limited time only. By just mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports, dot com. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. And how did you
0: end up in Nashville? What was the recruitment process like to get you onto the Silver Knights?
1: Yeah, so basically last summer at this time, I talked to Coach Gambino, the BC coach, um, and was like, I want to play travel baseball or in the collegiate league next summer. And he was like, all right, they'll do the best to get me in. I also talked to Scott Patterson at Northeast baseball, who was my coach last summer. And he made a couple phone calls and they were luckily able to get me into Nashua. Obviously once you're here, there's no guarantee you're going to play. You have to fight for a spot. And so that's just what I tried to do. Um, and I know we had, McLean coming who's one of my best friends in the team he's a great guy coming back from last summer um and he played phenomenal at umass amherst this year so i knew it was gonna be a battle but it's been a really fun summer learning from him and luckily coach gambino and coach patterson were able to get me into this league so
0: yeah it's certainly been great to have you and i'm curious when as an incoming freshman have you talked to any guys about bc whether it's about joining the team or even guys that have been in the futures league in the past because there's plenty littered around the uh around the eagle clubhouse there
1: yeah so i after i one knew i was basically coming to nashua i went to a game last summer at the very end of the summer and i've known sam mcnulty uh, who played in Nashua last summer? He had a really great summer in Nashua, and so I was I would talk to him back and forth, and then I've actually been able to work out at uh, BC a little bit this uh, summer, and so there's been some older guys who have been there who've been they haven't played for Nashua but they've been throughout the Futures League and it's like we like would we'll go back share memories of like going to like Westfield Pittsfield like all these stadiums. And it's cool to like, cause you all have this bond playing the futures league and going, playing at like Wakona park or all that. So that's been pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Sam McNulty had a great summer last summer. And it, it is cool to see kind of like the next generation of the futures league, if you will, kind of going through with, what seems like a lot of new England schools, especially BC and mm. two of those guys that seem to be the pinnacle of that are Sal Raylic and Cody Moore who got drafted in 2021 paved their way to that through the futures league during their summers and at BC, obviously what, seeing what those guys have done, does that motivate you at all for a little extra when you're playing in the futures league?
1: Yeah, it does. Um, those are two amazing, amazing players. I just got promoted to AAA. Cody's having a great year. Um, and they have talked to me and my recruiting class as a whole, and it was just like make the most of your time. If it's playing in the Futures League, playing at BC, wherever you are, just have fun with it. Um, and so you'll definitely, like, look at, like, some of their stats, you're like, wow, they're, they played really, really well. there going into their freshman year here. I think Sal won, like, top pro prospect. Um, and so that was the goal, like, to show that I can just play, like, play with them and, like, play at that level, too. Obviously, know the leagues are a little bit different now, um, but that was my goal coming into it, was, like, prove that you can play against college guys and live up to the standard of self like, in Cody Mercek. So that's been pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's certainly a good mentality to have during the summer, for sure. And we talked about recruitment to Nashua, but how about recruitment to B.C.? How did you end up with the Eagles?
1: Yeah, so... I, it was actually, it started really, really early for me. Um, I didn't even know where I was going to high school, let alone college, and I was talking to college coaches. Um, but BC has always been one of the top schools on my list. And um, I wanted a school, like going from Middlesex, like a prep school. Um, I wanted a high, high academic school and BC, basically checked all the boxes for me in that great academics, great athletics, um, and playing in the ACC against some of the best competition. And then I love Coach Gambino. He's been there for me. Um, he's been He's a great guy, and I really look forward to playing for him next year. And then also, it's, it's close to home. It's only BC is about 45, 50 minutes away. For my house, so my parents can see my games, my grandparents, my brother. Um, and so I think that's another special aspect of BC.
0: Yeah, it's super important to get the family to games for sure. And obviously, you want to check all those boxes off. So that's great. Before we return to Back to the Futures, we want to share a message from our friends at Zorian Back Company. Rob Zorian started the company Zorian Back Company in 2003, literally out of the trunk of his car in Davie, Florida. Within two years, he was selling his wood bat line to Major League Baseball and continues to manufacture the highest grade wood bats for Litter League all the way up to the majors. Rob Zorian, founder and president of Zorian, says, I started the company in 2003 to service all baseball players in the United States and beyond, and after 19 years, our mission has not changed. We are very excited to have the opportunity to work with the Futures League and wish all of our players and coaches a healthy and successful season ahead. For more information about Zorian, visit their website, Zorianbats.com. Zorian, America's baseball brand. Now back to Back to the Futures. And you mentioned it earlier. You're going into BC as a two-way player, but you weren't taking the mound this summer for Nashville. Whose decision was that?
1: Uh, it was not mine. It, it was <laughs> our our coaches, our our pitching coach at BC did not want any of the incoming guys to throw um over the summer. You want us to be fresh or fall ball. And I totally understand that. Um, and so it actually allowed me to focus on hitting, um, and fielding, which kind of gets lost in sometimes, uh, two waying. And so that's actually been kind of a blessing in disguise for me because I've never really been able to focus on just hitting and just fielding. Um, and so it's just getting those little extra reps in, um, if it's during BP, taking ground balls, shagging fly balls, whatever it is. And so that's been a different mindset I've needed to have, but it's also opened my eyes to like, it's, it's cool to, to just focus on one thing, put everything into one basket. But I do really look forward to two-waying as much as possible or being a two-way. And however I can get on the field freshman year at BC is what I want to do.
0: Yeah, and that's super important, especially because you said you're, you know, you're a two-way player and getting those reps, like you said, you never think of it really, you're like, oh, I'm just hitting, like, I can't pitch, that's kind of annoying, but then you understand, like, as we've talked about, you understand what the competition is in the Futures League and how it's, and obviously at the college level and how it's elevated, and now, do you feel like you're even more prepared now that, you know, you've been through the
1: league? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's even just like little things like taught like during BP talking to some of the college guys in the outfield who are pitchers and like going over grips. I know Jonah Wachter's taught me some of his grips on some of his pitches, like just about pitch sequencing for, for pitching. And then like for hitting, you can also talk to the other pitchers and they'll tell you what pitches to throw in certain counts. And so as a hitter, it's kind of like it works both ways. Um, And so that's been really, really cool to just, gain some knowledge from them. And then also, like I said earlier in the podcast, they, these guys have taught me more actually about just college in general and about college life and about like treating your body right. Like um, talking to professors, if you're gonna miss some games, just like little like stuff that you don't really think of in high school, cause you're not missing like two or three days a week of classes. Um, and so that's been really helpful We're about like stuff to bring to college, what to travel with. Um, and so that's honestly probably been the most beneficial to me.
0: You actually aren't the only two way player in the futures league. As we talked to Sean Matson last week, who was a starting pitcher for Goldstein team Goldstein on episode 10 of this podcast. And he talked about that too, how he is only pitching this summer as opposed to taking the field, he's focusing on his pitching. So what is it like? I guess, I asked him this last week too, like, do you envision a Shohei honey like career in your future? Well, what, do you, what are their plans for down the road?
1: Yeah, so me and Sean, we got to know each other a good amount on the All-Star Game, and Sean's a great guy, first off. That's like, he was the first guy you'd walk in. I saw, he greeted me, and he just like, brought me in with open arms, and we've kind of developed a little bit of a friendship over the summer. Um, because we would show up to Vermont a little bit early to every game since it was such a far drive. And me and a couple of my other teammates would just go and sit um, in the right field cabanas in the shade um, while Vermont took their practice, took their BP. And so we were able to talk to a bunch of the Vermont guys. And like Tim Noon was one of the guys who always came up, Jackson Klein, George Goldstein, and Sean Madsen. Um, and so we've kind of built up a a little bit of a relationship, um, and he's told me a little bit about about his process and he's a great guy, but so yeah, going back to the two way, I want my goal. And one of the reasons why I chose BC was I want to be a two way for as long as possible, as long as I can. Um, because I truly do love pitching and I do love hitting. Um, and so however far that can take me, I'm going to try, um, my best. But, like, I think, Sean, whatever opportunity to get in the field, you'll take it. And so, however what, – like, whatever BC needs me to do, I'll do that. But my goal is to do it as long as possible.
0: Yeah, that's good. And that's good that you got to talk to Sean because was I was going to kind of hint at that for my next question. But because he literally – he did talk about it a week ago on this podcast. So, it's really funny that – kind of looking up about you it was the same thing with him so that's good that you guys got to speak and you went to high school at Middlesex school as we mentioned what was that experience like and how did that help shape your baseball career
1: yeah Middlesex was great um i had a phenomenal experience there it's a rigorous prep school in new england so academics come first and and for me i love that i'm all about prioritizing education and academics Um, but it was definitely a grind. I mean, you would go to school for six hours a day, have three, four hours of homework, and let alone, you'll be traveling to different ISL schools, which aren't that close. Um, but the baseball aspect was a ton of fun. Um, I, I knew my senior, all my years, I knew guys on every single team and you would just play against your friends. And it's like, it didn't feel like a game, even though it was a game, because those are some of your closest friends who I've played up growing with, or I've grown up playing with. Um, and so we weren't too great, but it was actually cool to see, like, I, my freshman year, like, you get to face the best pitcher. So we faced Max Myers at Stanford. Um, we actually faced Tim Noon, um, who, who had a hell of a year at St. Sebastian's. Um, and it was cool to see play against the best competition and it allowed me to start freshman year, which ultimately I think was probably the best thing for me.
0: Yeah. One thing also I want to talk about is kind of the extracurricular baseball, if you will, you mentioned no, playing for Northeast baseball down in Florida. You also played plenty of AAU. How important are those opportunities to play baseball outside of high school, outside of the college level to kind of developing yourself as a player?
1: Those are instrumental. I mean, playing at Middlesex was great, but what really prepared me was going down south uh, last summer and the the past three summers um, playing for Northeast baseball. First off, I played Nor'easters with Tim Dano when I was nine through 13, I believe. And so he, Nor'easters and Tim Dano helped me like build a foundation and why I love the game of baseball. And then scott patterson mike abraham northeast baseball really pushed that forward um jeff sullivan um and we would good on south we had i think close to we had close to 30 division one guys on our team last summer and we would go on south play against the best competition played against east cub astros some of my future teammates at bc were on these teams um and we would face low 90s every single game with kids who are perfect game, all Americans. And that's just why you play the game because you just love the competition. And so that was really cool. And then the other aspect was you would be living with these guys in hotel rooms. So we would have four or five guys to a hotel room. And so you're, it was, it's like college to a certain extent. Um, your body would be exhausted after a week of traveling and you gotta just put it out, have mental toughness. And so that was one of the also biggest lessons I learned last summer.
0: Yeah, those are super important to kind of, as you said, prepare that mental toughness and prepare you physically too for the battles of whether it's high school or now you heading to BC so that's, that's good that you got those opportunities. And I got a couple more questions here we're going to start with our Zephyr question of the day it's presented by Zephyr the official on field hat of the futures league Zephyr high quality and innovative design since 1993 so you had tommy john surgery in 2019 and then COVID happened in 2020 that's a tough couple of years back to back there but now obviously you're back out there you're playing baseball on a regular basis so what was it like to get back out there on the field in 21 and now 2022 after what you went through both during 2019 and with COVID in 2020.
1: no yeah so i was actually i mean it's been great to be back out there like at one of the lessons I took away is never take the game for granted never, never take it for like granted because you never know when it can get taken away from you. So I had Tommy John surgery after my freshman year of high school in August, COVID then hit that following March. So like six, seven months later. Um, and honestly, COVID was a blessing in disguise for me coincidentally, because I would have just been able to hit for high school like would have been able to be back end of April uh, to start hitting. So I would have missed like a month of the year, the season. And so with high school shut down, it allowed me to further rehab and to further get stronger, to get my swing better, to throw some more with my dad and my brother, we would go to the field. Um, I know they're all technically locked up, but I'm sure like all these guys be around to the field and just, hit for a couple hours a day through for a couple hours just to try to have some fun get outside and so I was actually able that summer to go down with northeast baseball down south because some of the tournaments were still being played late in the summer and so it was great to be back out there but it taught me a lot like my arm feels great now um but just don't take anything for granted because you never know when it's going to get taken away from you
0: Yeah, that's a great mentality to have for sure. And two more questions here. We'll start with what is your mentality here at the end of the season heading into the playoffs? How do you guys, how do you personally stay in it and try and fight for this championship?
1: I mean, like you said, we all want to win that ring. Um, So I think we're all going to go pedal to the metal, give it everything we got for the next because give it everything we got for the next week. Um, because maximum number of games starting for the playoffs you can play is six. So it's not anything too crazy. And I think we're all we're all in it to win it. Um every single team, they all want to win that ring. And so I think we're just gonna go in there like, but not make a bigger deal of deal of it than it actually is. We're just gonna go out there, have some fun, play our game, and hopefully win a ring.
0: Yeah, and you talk about the max amount of games you play is six and six days in a row, and that's what you're doing anyway. So yeah, just just another couple of games. That's that's a good way to go about it. All right, and our final question here for this episode, a message to Silver Knight fans about their support all season and how they can continue that here heading into the postseason.
1: No, Nashville has been one of the best places to play. Um, The fans are amazing. You have, I mean, if you come to a game, you hear Mad Dog beating his drum, screaming tripping you um and so that's been really really cool and then the other fans we need your support we need all you can bring out for the playoffs because it's not going to be easy but we really appreciate all you guys have given to us this uh this summer so far that's not the end and we need you guys for the last little bit
0: yeah the last little bit is coming playoffs start on release day of this podcast on monday august 8th And it is going to be a great week of Futures League Baseball once again. Kyle, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. And of course, good luck in the playoffs. And this has been episode 11 of season five of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Stay tuned for our championship special next week for whoever ends up winning the championship. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you soon.